I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, okay, make sure you leave us a comment about our new theme music that I just dropped for you right there. And thank you for tuning in to Pilots, the podcast. My name is Riker, and I'm here with Shmi, and we are your hosts of Pilots, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Okay, um, so we watched The Boys. Uh, Available on Amazon Prime Video. Okay, I was getting there. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you gave me a look, so I thought I'd fill for Well, you. I was thinking of what the name was. Uh, so I got you. Right, okay. <laughs> Fine, I guess we're, what a team. <laughs> Way to divide and conquer. Indeed. Uh, yeah, on Amazon Prime, and wow, what a show. Yeah, not your average superhero show. No, uh, it, well, I want to say just straight out, it was totally cinematic in visuals and scope. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like it was sparing anything. So even, yeah. you know, even the best production values of TV shows on a streaming site service, you know, even the best ones, I feel like there's still that, there's still a little bit of separation between cinema and mm. a TV show because they still got to shoot it quicker. Or they still have a smaller budget. But this one, it feels like they really went all out on this. Oh, yeah. It felt movie quality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Big time. Uh, so I was impressed. Right out of the gate. Out of the gate. Yeah, I was impressed. So let's, I'm thinking, let's just jump in because there's probably a lot we're going to have to say about this show. Sure. Do you need your note card? It is all <laughs> okay. the way on the other side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you seem to like it a lot. I know. I mean, you said, here it is. Like, keep track of that and use it, please. And I was like, yeah, I got this. And I left it on the other side of the conference table that we're recording it today. No, 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 no. I want to see if I could do it myself. She was just going for it. Underestimating Proud of you. Me. Okay. But also I took little <laughs> notes early because I thought, oh, I thought I really liked the way that we set this up because the first question that we ask ourselves when we're rating a pilot and the quality of that pilot, whether or not it's a successful pilot, is by examining the genre. Do you feel that this pilot clearly establishes the genre? You're asking me. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely It's a direct do. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it seemed like you were just stating the first question, <laughs> not Let me asking ask it. Let me ask it more directly. I With don't know how mark. I could be more direct. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe, Shmi, <laughs> that the pilot of The Boys uh, clearly establishes the genre? Oh, right out of the gate. First, I think, minute you see that it is not your average superhero, that your superheroes are not even, like, necessarily your good guys, like, are, at all. I mean, you immediately see, you know, A-Train busting through a lady, and she turns into human soup. It was, like, very eye-opening, awakening, like... I was a little shocked when I first watched that. <laughs> that was an attention-grabbing moment. It really was. Well, when we open, and you're right, when you said w within the first minute, which means under a minute, mm -hmm. I, I feel like uh, in the first scene, you know, the, there's a, you feel like you're looking at an ad for a movie, mm -hmm. and then you realize it's painted on the back of a bus, mm -hmm. and then the bus drives on, uh, and they're making the correlation between... Um, the superheroes in this 
universe that the TV series exists in. And superheroes the way that, you know, we see them in real life and in media. Uh, And I felt like it, I just felt like they nailed it. Just a couple little visual cues that said, these are heroes and they exist in a sort of, you know, real-ish world setting. Um, And it reminds me of the movie Hancock a little bit where like they deal with things that you would actually deal with. Like, like I wrote down, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves in a way, but when the girl who turns into human soup, we'll get more specific on it momentarily. Mm -hmm. But um, I wrote down Robin collateral damage on my notes. Absolutely. So these are just one of the people that, you know, incidentally dies when heroes are out fighting crime. And we just sort of accept that this happens and nobody really talks about it because it doesn't get any media play because in this world that we're in, heroes are a brand, a global brand. And what's the company name? Vought? Vought International. Okay, Vought International. So I'm pretty sure, and we didn't, we forgot to go back and look for it, but I'm pretty sure when this show starts before the, you know, the movie um, on the back of the bus, the movie... Advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we see the movie advertisement on the back of the bus, which is the opening shot in the series. Yes. uh, We have a vanity card for Vought Productions. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's weird. Like that looks like because it has the characters in it. Yeah. The superheroes. Mm -hmm. I thought that's weird because that doesn't look right. Like that doesn't look real. I Mm -hmm. wonder if. So it seems like the show that we're watching even they they brand it like. With this fake vanity card saying, uh, oh, this is a Vought production. Yeah. Which is BS. Because, and then you find out in, within the show that, no, 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 that's the entity that, that uh, owns the superheroes and markets yeah. the superheroes. And that's, you know, the Vought 7 is a, just a corporate name. So, like, they're corporate sponsors for a superhero. A yeah, they own the fan- or franchise? No, it's yeah. not even a franchise. No, it would be is a it? franchise. Okay. I think because you got, you got all sorts of different entities, right? You mm-hmm. got their film enterprise you got their uh so the idea is it's it's like when you're watching the avengers if <laughs> reality and the comic series you know merged so yeah you have you don't have robert downey jr playing iron man you have um iron oh, man yeah. who does his own movies as iron man mm-hmm. and then you have what else was there there was clearly like there was tv shows and yeah um i think I mean, they had all sorts. Of, you see with A Train that he has all sorts of marketing stuff yes. that he has. He's on beer. He's on magazines. He's Wheaties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's right. everywhere. Um, just like you'd kind of expect for athletes. You know, you get right. them on the yogurt brands and all that. So I couldn't remember the word athlete because I'm a TV nerd. Um, but yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they they market them like they're they're superstars. Yeah. Like they're just superstar celebrities. They're, they're famous identities, right? They're famous personalities. So it's like whatever they do, people are coming to see them because they're the world's biggest stars. We don't necessarily get all that in the first few seconds, but they establish a lot of that. And within the first few minutes, uh, my notes that I took on it was modern superhero tale in a real-ish world setting. Yeah. Um, we saw as we press play that there would be severe nudity in this. I severe feel like they lived nudity. up to... Uh, I mean, I feel like it's not as much nudity as you get in Game of Thrones, which, by the way, I feel like we bring up Game of Thrones in every episode. <laughs> and we've never reviewed it. We've never even talked about it. 
Too soon. Don't you feel like too soon? <laughs> the thing is, the pilot, I rem- maybe the pilot wasn't super good, but I remember I really liked the series until I didn't, and I don't want to be... I don't want any reason to want to rewatch it because I'm so mad at it that I don't want to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, it's too soon. It's too soon for a lot of people. That's probably it. Maybe one day I'll give it another chance. Maybe but. a couple of years from now once they come out with the Game of Thrones spinoff. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd actually be the time. That's when we'll do it. All right. That's a promise. <laughs> that's a promise. To our millions of listeners. Okay. Anyway, the point is that within the first few minutes of the show just with the kids because they had the kids it almost seemed like they were going to be main characters in the show i can't remember what they said and i don't think i took a note on what the line was but uh they were comparing which superheroes they like and which ones yeah they don't. it was oh, translucent you, versus yeah. the deep how do you how does he find his dick it's translucent he can't see it they said something like yeah, that. yeah the shark was supposed to bite it off or something the deep was going to summon a shark to bite it off <laughs> uh and it was just funny and you just got a sense that all right this is going to be it's going to feel grounded uh, and then there's going to be this this over the top superhero uh, aspect that that's maybe not going to get campy, I guess. Yeah, I didn't feel like it got campy. Right. Like as somebody who did binge both seasons that are out now, um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel at any point that it was campy. Right. And that's the distinction. And I anyway, that's the genre. And I felt like they just captured it with a couple little subtle notes and then some some very direct things instantly. Oh, and in the universe that we're in, like in X-Men, they're mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this universe, and this is another way that you know that it's, like it, the idea is it's a really real-world setting. Yeah. Super-abled. Yeah. I was born super-abled. Yeah, and then you notice the Butcher later just refers to them as soups. Soups this, soups that. Oh, I didn't get that. Okay, yeah. It becomes a much bigger term as you go on, so... Yeah. Maybe not as noteworthy in the first one, but he, you know, kind of said it offhandedly in the pilot. Gotcha. And then it's the soups, the soups, this, the soups, that. Oh, okay. Uh, which could sound like suits. If you're, yeah. If you don't know what you're listening for. So I did miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us, I would say, into characters. Uh, well, so did you, did we assess that it gets a Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Genre? Yeah, yeah. I thought I said that in my head. I thought we already had that conversation. Um, we did have the conversation, <laughs> which is why when you led with the question, I was like, well, do we want to get into the conversation? And then we come up with our answer. But, you know, I yes. guess we know from the gate. Yes, it well, absolutely established. In it. my head, we already did this part where I said, so do you think it was successful? Mm-hmm, yeah, I do, too. And that I wasn't a just check in your here. head, by the way. Oh, we did that? <laughs> you said it, but then we immediately went oh. into <laughs> explaining our. <laughs> so I don't know that we gave a yes or no. And if, if we did, yes. You know, Repeat, clarification, we give it a yes. It's a pass. So if you uh, (laughs) weren't paying attention to anything we were saying until this moment, we thought that they established the genre (laughs) really well. Now, I'm thinking just for our personal, um, you know, way that we score, Mm -hmm. it's becoming apparent to me that you need to know what the genre is in the first couple of minutes. You should. Yeah. Yeah. There might be times where where a show takes some creative license to to make it very slow burn to be Mm -hmm. clear on what we're watching. I think that would be a dangerous choice now and then maybe you'll see it. So I'm not going to pigeonhole anything into it. But but I feel like a show needs to be clear really quickly when it catches your attention, needs to be clear about what you're watching, kind of your expectations, kind of the how much belief do you need to suspend to enjoy this? I feel like that was the case. And again, I'm going to go back to Game of Thrones. I feel like Game of Thrones, I really felt like it was something set in a, you know, a prior time, but I didn't really get this fantastical sense of it. And maybe I'm mistaken. I don't feel like it was at least in the first, you know, little bit. I feel like... There's zombies in the first minute. Are there? Yeah. Everybody forgets this. Okay. Yeah. Then there you go. You, Which, you might be right. Once you finish the show, 
and you go back to watch the first season and think, oh, all this stuff that I didn't understand at all what was going on for the first season because I was just busy trying to learn everybody's name. Yeah. This is what was going on. I had no idea that we started with the White Walkers. Started yeah. with them. And then it's I like we're just off to the either. next scene. It's like, oh, fuck that. And the White Walkers don't matter anymore. Yeah, okay. That's good to know because I definitely felt um, very surprised when we were introduced to dragons and white walkers and that they were a thing. And it was like, I feel like they maybe mentioned it offhandedly, but maybe I was asleep. I don't know. They tried to get ahead of that in the first (laughs) moment. Like, suspend your disbelief. Boom. Medieval zombies of sorts. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So maybe this theory holds true throughout. Just like I feel like the hook happens within the last 30 seconds, the genre probably happens also within the 30 seconds. Totes. Okay, thanks for listening to our episode on (laughs) Game of Thrones, finally. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back next week when we'll review the boys. Um, (laughs) Okay, characters. Yes. Go ahead. Um, So I think we first see... um, Gosh. The teens. The teens. That's true. And then we see them saved by... Homelander. Uh, well, Queen Maeve starts to save uh. first, but then Homelander comes in and, you know, steps on her lines, etc. She had it, but, you know, oh. Homelander had to come in and save the day. I didn't know enough at that point to know that was going on. What's her name? Uh, Mad- oh, sorry. Not Madam Maeve. Queen Maeve. I don't Queen. know why. I, re- I just like alliterations, I guess. Oh, yeah, I think they made a mistake. <laughs> it should have been Madame Maeve. <laughs> Madame Maeve. Yeah, yeah Queen I, Maeve. I wrote down as just as I was jotting things down in order because I didn't know who to pay attention to yet. Sure. The teens, Homelander, Queen Maeve, I guess, was in there. But if you don't know who she is, you didn't get it there. Yeah, they don't give her a whole lot of FaceTime in this episode. Like, right. what you do get of her well, is... The girls are a side piece in this crime fighting group sure it does seem that way absolutely mm-hmm. that she otherwise kind of has a wonder woman look to her mm-hmm. like very wonder woman just as uh homelander looks very captain america yep. but they are not i mean they're they're very different they're not these goody two-shoes people right. um yeah so what little we get of madame mave is her you know telling starlight to clean herself up yep. like when she's crying like totally cold no empathy and then, you know, she calls out um, translucent for being a creep in the women's bathroom because he's, <laughs> you know, being translucent and snooping on the ladies. Well, let's be careful because I feel like we might have plenty of people who ha- haven't seen this yet who are listening. And um, and let's maybe lay out which which of the seven that we really met in this episode. Yeah, I've got a list of the seven. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, I figured that would be helpful. So... I will list all seven, but I will kind of specifically say who we really saw um, because right. we saw Homelander, Queen Maeve, The Deep, Translucent, A-Train, and they mentioned Black Noir, but I don't think they actually showed him at all. I think he was on the screen um, right before they introduced Starlight, which is our final, our newest member who is replacing Lamplighter, who we also didn't see. We just hear that he retired. Right. And we saw a picture of him. Yep. Um, does he come back later in the show? Is he a character or? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you, <gave me laughs> you didn't just say that, but you had a real sly look in your eyes. Well, because Compels I didn't realize that he, um, I didn't remember his name drop early on. And so I remember hearing Lamplighter later and mm. then was just like, oh, who, who dat? <laughs> you do like alliteration. Hanging out for Lamplighter later. <laughs> Don't stay up too late. Um, okay. So Homelander, let me get to, can we address Homelander? We address Queen Mauve. The Deep. He's the one who's su- like summons the sea. He clearly is a seafaring 
character. Yeah, like he seems like Aquaman type. Exactly. But I've not. I don't actually know Aquaman's superpowers. I imagine he can. You know, is great at swimming, great at doing the underwater thing. Yeah. I am, imagine he also communes with animals but we specifically got um you know in that intro scene the kids were saying that he could summon a shark to do it so you kind of already have like a hint at what his abilities are right uh trans okay so here's who's really key in this episode homelander who they establish being very um much the leader of the group Absolutely. he's clearly the leader of the group like there's no question about it mm-hmm. homelander is the leader of the group and uh, we establish later through one of the characters we haven't gotten to yet that he is also appears to be as good of a guy as he plays. Yeah, he doesn't drink. He doesn't mo- smoke. Fucking saint. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> right. He doesn't murder anybody. Um, Queen Mauve, like we said, we don't know much. I got the sense. Based and it's on Maeve, by the way. It's spelled Mauve, but it's Maeve. Oh, okay. Uh, Queen <laughs> Mauve. <laughs> Or I spelled it wrong. I don't know. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> As we established, she is indicating to me in this episode that there will and Starlight, mm-hmm. real life character Annie, who we, who's a key point that we need to talk a lot about. Oh yeah. Um, that what she communicates to Annie kind of tells me like, hey, we get like their role on the group is to be badass bitches who show up and uh, get to be cool and get to be sexy, but really don't get to have a lot of substance because they're just, they got to be happy to be on the team kind of thing. They got to, they got to smoke poles. They got to conduct pole smoking. (sighs) That was like the most (laughs) cringy moment. Like I really, it was, that was unsettling. Mm -hmm. That was unpleasant to watch. When the deep sexually assaults. um, Yeah. Starlight, Starlight, Annie. So let's make that connection right now. Yeah. Um, because it's such a key point in the show that Annie uh, Starlight, who is her whole life wanted to be part of the seven mm-hmm. so that, you know, being a super abled person. Yeah. And we're so, introduced to her through her audition tape. Yeah. We're introduced through. Actually, we're introduced to her. Yes, that's true. But we first see her in a little montage, a little like Rocky Balboa yeah. and his trainer montage. Oh, for some reason, I thought they were filming that for her. Maybe they were, but this is how we meet her. And I yeah. want to mention that because her mom's in it and her mom's just like a, a really big supporter. You don't get a she's sense kind of that a she's a... Mom. Well, I, I didn't necessarily... I, was, I wondered. I didn't necessarily get the sense whether or not she was a helicopter mom, mm-hmm. pageant mom, mm-hmm. um, or if she was just super supportive. Because in some ways, she's out there training with her daughter. Don't punch, punch a hole through the barn, honey. Like, you yeah. got to punch a hole through the through the center block. So she's got some some degree of super strength, it appears. Yeah. And then can make herself really bright. We actually, we don't know her powers totally yet, I don't think. She seems like she's got kind of a mystery box of a bunch of things and that she's just really could do some damage. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely hint at it, but it definitely, you know, her eyes do this weird light up thing and mm-hmm. I, we've seen electronics kind of blow up near it. We've seen, um, you know, she asked the one woman who was filming her audition tape to look away because it could blind her. Right. And then she knocks her over after she does her. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and the camera wipes Has, them. like, almost a shockwave to it. Right. Uh, does the audition, does your audition tape, and gets the role to replace Lamplighter mm-hmm. as part of the seven. Uh, and immediately shows up. She reminded me of Katniss Everdeen. Oh, showing interesting. Up, yeah, yeah. Getting ready to go into the Hunger Games. Uh, and I it, like that comparison. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. Beca- and it did remind me of that a lot, where it's sort of this, I don't know, this sort of unassuming down home girl that that's uh, you know girl next door that mm-hmm. everybody loves and she's super cool she's um 110 pounds and, and five six, <laughs> five, five, <laughs> I six. wrote it down too that's hilarious <laughs> I was like that's 
She is a tiny lady, though. She's yeah. absolutely tiny. And I will say the one thing that would distinguish her from Katniss is that Katniss is kind of a tomboy. Yep. And Starlight is very kind girly. Of a pageant girl. Except she said she hated doing the, the Miss, what do they call it? Miss Superhero? The Miss Hero pageants? Yeah. Miss Hero pageants. She said she hated doing them. Uh, and that when they would ask her during the pageants, uh, what do you want to do? She said she... Or whatever the question was. Yeah, what's your biggest wish or something like that? Yeah, she wanted to... Save the world. Save the world. And, and they laughed at her. And she said, when did being hopeful get confused with being uh, naive? Mm-hmm. When did those become the same thing? So, and somebody says, oh, we loved your answer. She said, well, it, that was true. Like, that's the real answer. Mm-hmm. And they said, I know, that's why we love you. Like, you seem authentic. And it was like, yeah. but I was being authentic. So she, which I don't think is clear necessarily here, but as the episode goes on, she's really pretty pure in her intentions. She really wants to be part of this superhero crime fighting thing, and she's suitable for it. She's got the the proper, you know, superpower skill set for it, uh, and then has a rude awakening right away when the guy that she had a crush on as a, as a little girl growing up as a fan of uh, The Seven, which is The Deep, um, sexually assaults her uh, by whipping his dick out right on cue. Yeah, it was so weird. Where you you made the comment, <laughs> you're like, she wants he, he wants her to suck his dick, and I was, and I like I paused it and I was like, why do you say that? Because I thought that you would like read something or like I guess you just sensed the moment, and I hadn't. That was like the rudest of awakenings <laughs> for me. I was like, oh my god, you see this like really tan but like also really pa- like the tan line <laughs> the butt was just really bad it was like a spray tan line yeah it was really it gross was so stupid yeah so you just cut the camera cut back to like she's looking out the window and she looks over at him and the camera's behind him so you get you get his backside and you get her looking at him and it's just his butt cheeks and he's given it a given his stuff a stroke Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. No, it was a gross motion. So in oh. case you were not at all sure what was happening there, he didn't just drop trow. He was priming himself for the moment. Yeah. And she looks at him and they kind of have a moment like, uh, the fuck? Yeah. And her immediate reaction is to basically use her superpowers to kill the guy. <laughs> not kill, but intimidate for sure. I don't know where that would have gone, but, oh, but yeah. she immediately responds and TV screens break and there's some... And my read on that is that her superpowers are occasional like kind of uh in line with her emotions Emotions. so that when she gets emotional you know yeah shit starts breaking around her and he's not intimidated by it at all he says oh well how's the world gonna feel when they find out that their brand new superhero turned out to be a psycho who attacked me me and points to the computer screen saying look you know you clearly went off the rails here so if you want to be part of the operation you just kind of got to pay your dues because he's number two. Yeah. That's how we knew that he was going to whip his dick out when he was getting into the whole, oh, yeah, well, I bet you really like Homelander thing. Like, all the girls want to fuck Homelander. Nobody wants to fuck me. Oh, wait a second. So he's got, so he's already got <laughs> this, <impression>. like, yeah, <laughs> I've got to use my, my uh, authority here as power over you to, and then we cut away and we don't know what happens. And the next time we see her, she's throwing up in the bathroom and her mascara's uh ruined and that's when queen mave says clean yourself up mm-hmm. like pay your dues girl like this is how it goes yeah she says don't let them see you like this yeah who's don't let them did you took that as the guys the guys i took it as the guys because yeah. i thought well is it going to be like you can't let the general public see you like this and i i, I think in general yeah nobody but especially the guys because it's those are the only two women on the team yep 
And which is weird because I didn't realize before, before Starlight joined, it was just Maeve as far as, so she's kind of one of the guys ah, in that sense. Well, she also seemed disgusted by her in that moment too. She oh, didn't yeah. seem like she was trying to be helpful. You can't let them see you like this. So yeah. muscle up girl. It was like, get, get your shit together. Exactly. Don't yeah. be weak. Absolutely. Which told me there was just a lot of, there's just going to be character arcs here. Yeah. And I thought there was there was theme here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's depth to this. Like we're going to be tackling bigger issues than just the superhero stuff. Like there's personal journeys that people are on. There's stuff that they need to overcome. And I'm like, I'm excited at this at this point at the end of the episode to see where are these guys going to go. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not overstepping, tell me if I'm missing anybody that we need to really talk about. But we need to talk about Huey. Oh, absolutely. I would say is our audience surrogate. I think he shares that role with Annie, and maybe I'm wrong, or sorry, Starlight, because she's our audience surrogate to who the seven are, and Huey is our audience surrogate to, you know, the reverse side of it, I guess. Like, the fact The world. Yeah. The world in general that we're in. To the general public. So we kind Hmm. of get somebody who, on each side, informs our understanding of them, because, you know, Annie's the new girl. I don't disagree at all. Um, so you agree? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm not I ready. I'm not ready to agree. No, yet. I know. I know that distinction. I just <laughs> <laughs> you pulled this to me, so, ah, I, so I win. <laughs> um, no, you've given that line to me, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> There's a reason I said I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sound clever. Um, <laughs> Enormously. Uh, no, yeah, I don't disagree. I guess I'm thinking in, in the broader context of you know literature or mm-hmm. storytelling. Sure. Do you have multiple audience surrogates in a story? I don't know. Because the one that I feel is our very direct link between the regular world and the and the world that we're examining now in The Boys. Sure. Is um oh the boy. Oh, we're not even clear on what the title is yet. Yep. Oh, interesting. Um the the connection between the real world and the world that we're watching to me is Huey. And that's how we get introduced to it when he's hanging out with his girlfriend, who's pretty cool. Robin seems super cool, and she's really except in- she's dissing Billy Joel, <laughs> right? Uh, and she's cool to him. Oh, and not to mention she's she lays cable. Just wherever that she that was goes. hilarious. Yeah, that opening line when she's like, "Oh, you want to come by and lay cable?" You know, because he's a tech guy, yeah. and so he's tr- she's trying to make it clever. You know, clever innuendo, and he goes, "Oh, that that doesn't mean what you think it means." And she's like, "Oh, it means having sex." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, laying pipe is having sex. Laying cable would be I go over there and take a huge dump." <laughs> Want to go lay some cable? Uh, and Which that I actually tells us a lot about the characters because he is a tech guy. He works at a tech store. He he drops a a bunch of. Um, Techno babble on some customer. Oh, yeah, a lot of jargon that, like, you really don't want to do that to customers who don't know anything. Right, which hilariously immediately reminded me of your boyfriend, Taylor. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, that was a lot of information. (laughs) That was oddly specific. I have no idea what any of that was. You want to start at the beginning, like, 20 years ago and tell me how we got to this point? Sum it down for someone who doesn't know. (laughs) I have no idea what any of those words mean. (laughs) You dumb it down for the dumb guys in the room? (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> and you were like, no, I got most of that. It was like, I know you did. Now. <laughs> That's true. I have the exposure now. <laughs> but it tells us a lot about him. I thought where mm-hmm. he's a total tech nerd mm-hmm. 
you know, we learn really quickly in the episode and throughout the episode, he's, he's a meek, mild-mannered guy, c- couldn't ask his boss for a raise. She, Robin brings up some other story about how he lets himself get pushed around. Um, and that's, you know, in, informative to the character, but Robin's really cool, super encouraging of him. They're getting ready to move in together. He's going to move out of his dad's house, which is owned by Simon Pegg. Um, and, <laughs> his father. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're sitting there talking, and they're about what they're about to have a smooch, or they just did, or he's about to say they're something to her. They're mid-smooch. He just yeah. he literally just said, "Don't you ever besmirch Billy Joel?" And then she kisses ah. him because you know they were talking yeah. about moving in together, and he. We can't keep laying cable at your dad's house <laughs> under your stupid Billy Joel pictures. Oh well, he would play the Billy Joel music so that way it kind of covers the lovemaking oh. sounds, and he's like, "Don't you ever besmirch Billy Joel?" And those were his last words to her. Yeah. And really, well, I don't want to say shot because there's a lot of production in this scene. Really well produced, you know, sequence here. Yeah. Where slow motion, she disappears really quickly mm-hmm. like she got pushed out of the frame by yeah. somebody. And, and I assu- it looked a whole lot like a superhero running at super fast speed. Yeah. Supersonic speed. Um, <laughs> pushes into her and she disappears from the screen really quickly. It's moving in very slow motion. You're watching like the wind barely hit his face from her going flying. And, some and blood then splatters. blood splatters on him. And it kind of keeps splattering. And then mm-hmm. the camera comes back and comes out. Um, in this very like technical, technically produced scene. Uh, and you see she's gone. Like she, she was just eviscerated. And you have like a piece of spinal column and, and a, a puddle of uh, human soup. Like you put it. Ah, stew. Pheasant chili. Um, <laughs> in, in the air. Uh, and it's really horrific and devastating. And he's just oh, holding yeah. her hands up to the wrist that got torn to pieces. And this is like a minute in. Yep. If that. Right. And then we see A-Train, who's one of the heroes, mm-hmm. covered in blood. Says, oh, I gotta, gotta, gotta can't go. Stop. Yeah, can't stop, can't stop, can't yep. stop. Can't stop. Um, uh, gotta say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> that was no kind of what it reminded me <laughs> right. of. Absolutely. And he's carrying some sort of a bag, but you don't really get much other than he's trying to stop a bank robbery. Do you get that much? Um, Yeah. They say at some point he was trying to stop a bank robbery. I think it was in the television, um, like when he's, um, they, it's news coverage of it. And he says that she w- had stepped off a curb. He was trying to uh, save the bank or, you know, saves. That's the story. That's mm-hmm. the public that's the, story. That's the public okay. story that he was trying to, uh, yeah, solve a bank robbery. And he's fighting crime. She was in the middle of the street is what he said specifically. Right. And she was, which she wasn't. Uh, no. And he always says, um, he says half step off the fucking curb. Say that again. He, she was just a half step of off the fucking curb. Oh, right. He's yelling at his TV like, no, that's not how it Huey went. was. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you see that there's already like, you know, yeah. a disparity in how it's Reported. being presented versus mm-hmm. what actually happened. Yep. And somewhere along, somebody says to somebody and somebody told me, but I wasn't paying that close of attention. No, just kidding. I just didn't know what I needed to know at this point mm-hmm. that uh, like, was he really fighting? Cr- like, where was he running to or mm-hmm. where was he running from? Absolutely. So, so they they put a, a plant a seed that no 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 there's more to this story mm-hmm. we're getting ripped off yeah um I I don't want to jump around too much but I don't want to go through necessarily the entire show either later w- after he connects with um Billy Carl, Butcher yeah Billy Butcher who's who's uh, what's his name Carl Urban oh. Carl Urban's character yep. mm-hmm. 
which we'll get into him in a second. But Carl Urban, who's the FBI guy, whose job is to keep the uh, the heroes in check. More on yeah. that momentarily. And he says that there's been a lot of collateral damage. You think Robin's, you know, Robin's special in that way? No, that this happens right. all the time. It's not covered in the media at mm-hmm. all. Um, so when he gets Huey and says, "Hey, come along, brother. We got <laughs> we got maybe an opportunity here to go uh, pin a train." And they go to the club where there's severe nudity. Yeah, the secret soup speakeasy or sex club, it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they l- they listen in on a conversation that A-Train's having where he says, uh, I ran through her so fast I got her molar in my mouth. Yeah, I swallowed one of her molars. I swall- right, I swallowed one of her molars. Oh, here. It's like a bug on the fucking freeway that's the one it was so so like it was oh so it was yeah there was no humanity in it and they laughed yeah and then they cackled about it and and he was listening in over video or something saying are you serious everybody's just laughing about it uh so anyway that that is like one of the main i would say kind of the key plot point of where's the drama here absolutely um the Vot Seven is a corrupt organization. Yes, yeah. Vot International, owner of the Seven, is absolutely a corrupt. I mean, and they they hint at it also with you know Compound V, the rumor that could get out about Compound V, and right. so she's like, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but we wouldn't want such a rumor to get out. We're venturing into plot, and I mm-hmm. have some key points that I want to mention about that. Compound sure. V is one of them. That's Elizabeth Shue's character, who's like the CEO of Vought International, who's out there doing dealings for uh, the super-abled folk. Mm-hmm. Like, they have second-tier heroes and other cities and things like that. Uh, so there's some, you know, some, like, horse trading of, of heroes. $300 million. He says, we'll do it for $200 because I know about Compound 7. That's the mayor of Detroit. Compound no. V. Compound V. As in Vought. Oh, yeah. I believe. And uh, that's the mayor of Baltimore. Yes. Anyway, so before we get specific on this, uh, the last character I feel like we need to need to mention, um, since we already talked about Simon Pegg, but we didn't really see much of him in this one. But hey, Simon Pegg, I just want to let you know, uh, since you're probably listening, you're welcome on the show anytime. Sorry we didn't talk about you more on this. Um, Yeah, the one thing to mention about Huey's dad is he thought that Huey should be signing the NDA. Yeah, We can't afford afford lawyers. This is a lot of money. We could really use that money. And we're weak men. And we're weak men. Yeah, basically we're weak men. He basically says to him, hey, you can't fight this fight. Neither can I. We're pussies. So why don't you sit down and watch a show with me? He said it's 45. They only gave him 40, what is it? 45, 49,000 dollars for, for 45, killing. 45,000, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So there's going to be a lot more, I think, that we get from Simon Pegg's character. He is not very helpful uh, to Huey, who's really reeling from the death of his girlfriend. Yeah. Collapses uh, in the convenience store because yeah. he's like bombarded with A-Train's image. Mm-hmm. And is rescued by some some rugged masculinity in the form of... Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher. So let's get into him. First of all, you get a little taste of it in this episode, but I will say it becomes a series uh, recurrence. He really loves the word cunt. Loves that word. I got to look up. He's got to be. Yeah. Thanks for paving the way for us (laughs) to talk about that. Yeah. Because I have had some some close Australian friends and everybody's a cunt. Like you're a good cunt. You're a tall cunt. You're um, 
old cunt, um, any form of cunt that they can come up with, that they can conjure. Mm-hmm. Any kind of cunt one can conjure, they conjure that kind of <laughs> cunt. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I actually did some reading on him and because uh, I assumed based on his use of the word cunt, like so consistently that he was Australian. Ah, he's a Kiwi. He is. Absolutely. Did, is that what you were looking up? We just looked it up That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So I was surprised by that and thought I'd ask if that if you knew that that was if that a common Kiwi I thing as well or is that pretty Australian? Well, I think it's, I think they would deny it, but I think there's a lot of cultural co- commonality between the two. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Th- absolutely. Like like you have a it was a colony. I if think. you have a Kiwi in Australia, mind you, I haven't been there yet. Um, but if you have a Kiwi in Australia, everybody says, oh, I is fucking Kiwi cunt. And uh, if you take a Kiwi and an Aussie in America, it's kind of like, oh, these fucking Americans. <laughs> <laughs> We're not as beloved, it sounds like. <laughs> Which is odd because, you know, that's definitely not how we see it. Oh, don't call me that word at all. <laughs> right. So I went to visit uh, my Aussie friends at one point in time. And I, my mom was in the car with me. Because we were running some air. I don't know what we were doing. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we get to their house. And I rolled down the window. And the wife of the husband-wife you know, pair that I'm friends with mm-hmm. is talking to uh, her neighbor, mm-hmm. who I've met quite a few times, who I really like. Yeah. And <laughs> I rolled down the window and said, oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and the neighbor, Wendy... Shoots me a look really quick. Her jaw drops. And she's like, oh, my God. What, who is that? And what did they just call us? And my mom, who's sitting in the passenger seat right next to me, turns, which would be turning away from them. Yeah. She turns and looks at me. She had these, like, these broken doe eyes. She looks like, so sad. How could you like, do that? My own son. Did I teach you? What did I teach you? Nothing. <laughs> she looked so hurt by it. And then the Australian looks up and goes, Oh, hi. <laughs> and she notices how the two American women responded to that and said, oh, to me, that just sounds like, hey, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I like that a lot. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that is noteworthy because one of his, my favorite lines that I wrote down uh, is when he says, <laughs> when him and when he finally captures Huey and mm-hmm. Huey's willing to, not captures, but he catches his attention. After he's saying, hey, man, we could really, like, you can you can kind of get even here with A-Train. I can make that possible. Yeah. And he takes him on a walk downtown, and, and it's like being in Times Square, mm-hmm. where there's, but everything is is the seven, you know, seven movies, seven as a, you know, just a Yeah, LED billboards everywhere. Exactly. Um, and, <laughs> and Huey says to Billy Butcher... He says, okay, uh, I just want to thank you for the very weird conversation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he says, I, I don't want to go to a second location with you, <laughs> so I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm going to go now. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember, how does he get him back? Because they end up doing this mission together where he takes him to the club, uh, shows him what's going on, kind of gets him hyped for going after A-Train and getting even. Uh, and before they... Before they do the mission, they're in the car, um, and and he says, "Look, this is one of those blue pill, red pill moments from the Matrix." Oh yeah, yeah. That's Carl Urban to Huey, and he says, "He says, do you want to take the blue pill or, or maybe it's the red pill? You, you know, you take the other pill. Just quit being a cunt." <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, when he's trying to get Huey to go in with a bug, and he's 
gives him the whole plan and he just kind of freaks out. Totally like, over explains it. Yeah, he's like, uh, you th- you think it's simple as that? That's that's nothing about that was simple. Right. <laughs> like, go through it again and slower. Right. <laughs> um, but and you get this character who, based on the trailer, I took Carl Urban's character, as Billy Butcher, Billy Butcher, as being just the villain. Yeah, that's initially how I how yeah. I saw him as well. And there's Absolutely. clearly backstory that we don't have on him yet of, mm-hmm. of who he is, like, because he's, we learn, spoiler alert, that he's not the FBI, which I thought was super clear the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It was hilarious. He was, I have this on a, on a note card. He says, you don't sound like a Fed. And Butcher goes, maybe I immigrated. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Because, yeah. you know, he has a clear British accent, <laughs> like, very thick, obviously yeah. not an American. And then makes it sound like you're just being a bigot. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't sound like a Fed, huh? What? I'm I'm too New Zealand for you? Okay. Maybe I immigrated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the duo, because we kind of end up with a duo. Well, I'm skipping over some. Okay, now I'm getting excited. But yep. <laughs> Annie, after her sexual assault with the Deep, mm-hmm. uh, who's totally crass and repulsive about it. Yeah, which I did not expect from his character because he's played by, oh, I need to look it up. Hang on, hang on. Chase Crawford, who's in Gossip Girl, and he's like the heartthrob in it. And so like I'm seeing him like, oh, I'm going to love him. He's charming. He He was so great. And even when he did something offensive in it, he was like, oh, no, it was a mistake. And it was definitely a stark contrast from the guy we get here. Yeah. The sexual assaulter. So by coincidence... We find Annie sitting next to Hugh. Huey. Huey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a uh, park bench, and she just gets off the phone with her mom, who's too excited about her success being on the seven to really want to hear. And Annie doesn't want to, you know, Annie doesn't want to break her heart and tell her this is a bad experience. I don't think I want to do this. Absolutely. Um, so Annie just had a rough experience, but there's that part of me that. You know, she goes through it. It's like, ah, oh, man, I kind of just wanted her to stay true, stay true, and and you know, uh, lay lay down the hammer with with the deep and say, forget it. I don't need to be part of this crew if that's yeah. how it's going to go. And she doesn't. And she and and she smokes. How does he put it? He she smokes his pole. Yeah. Well, and she says that um, during that time, she just kept hearing her mom's voice. Um, Keep smiling. The show must go on. Oh, right. Which is why she pushes through that. Right. So because this is what they've been working for, both yeah. of them. And there's part of, it's not clear until this park bench scene mm-hmm. that establishes who she is as an actual person, not as a hero. But there's, you don't really know, like, is this going to be her uh, intro to the group and this is going to be the thing that kind of kills her soul, like that darkens her as a person? Yeah. Uh, that darkens her starlight. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> um. Or is she going to be true to herself? So here she's sitting next to, and this is great because I, we didn't finish earlier. I don't know how we got off, but uh, we didn't finish the audience surrogate. Yes. Huey's definitely the audience surrogate in the most traditional sense of the word, mm-hmm. I would think, that he's the introduction of the audience into the show. Absolutely. She also is, you know, fulfills a role of surrogacy of introducing the audience to the seven. The, seven. the belly of it. Yeah. So I don't know if these two things, like, like, I don't know. I don't know if these are the characters that we're looking at where like in a literary sense, he's the surrogate or if it's deliberate that we're going to have this two front surrogacy. For I the saw audience. it as a side by side. So I kind of wrote out like 
how everything goes. Um, and, you know, you've got Robin is killed by A-Train. You know, Huey's just a part of it, you know. And at, at the same time, Starlight's joining the Seven. So you were kind of following both of their stories at once, of course. And then, you know, Huey's offered the NDA, um, you know, and Starlight's sexually assaulted. So yeah. they're both kind of pushed with a, well, fuck, this is going to, you know, this is your rock that you're stumbling over. Like, this is your barrier to moving on. Um, you know, you meet Billy Butcher, which is kind of an aside. Um, and then when Starlight and Huey meet, you know, they come through it and Starlight decides to persevere and Huey decides to join Butcher because they're both fighters yes. based on this speech. Yeah. So this is why I said I didn't necessarily, I didn't disagree or I, or I, how did I put it? I totally 100%. You don't uh, disagree. <laughs> don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, having clarified that mm -hmm. to simplify it. Sure. I think, and this is amusing to me because it's a show about superheroes mm -hmm. who aren't the good guys. Yeah. These are the heroes. The heroes are Annie and the heroes are Huey. Uh, and they're both surrounding themselves now with some unsavory characters, which is the Seven and uh, Billy Butcher. And this yeah. is as much as we know so far. But Billy Butcher motivates Huey to stand up. Mm -hmm. And Huey, in this coincidental park bench encounter, encourages Annie... Starlight, this is where we learn her real name, Annie, mm -hmm. encourages her to stand up. Because he's saying to her, hey, like, I don't want to pry. I heard your conversation. It sounds like you're not doing super good. Is this a life thing or is this a uh, work thing? She said, ah, it's kind of a work thing. Dream job, right? Mm -hmm. Miserable introduction to it. Yeah. How, how about your thing? He says, mine's kind of a life thing. They don't even know that their stories are, are the same story. And yeah, he's not a fan aligned. of the Seven, so he doesn't realize she's the newest member of the Seven. Well, I mean... He was a fan of the Seven. Like you don't find out in this, but kind of spoilers. Uh, you you learn that he was a huge fan of the Seven. Well, right now she's the top trend on Google, right? Oh, sure. In in, in this world that we're in, she mm -hmm. would be, and he doesn't know who she is, so he's preoccupied. Like he's yeah. not tracking with the Seven, joining Absolutely, in the elation currently. of the new the newest member. Uh, and she's and he's saying to her like, "Well, what's the what's the solution, basically?" And mm -hmm. she said, "Like, who are you really?" And she said, "I'm a fighter." And mm -hmm. I'm gonna. She says to him. I'm going to take that fucking guy's head off, basically. He said, okay, that was maybe a little farther than I expected. Yeah. And and this is where I said, let's slow down for a second on, on uh, getting into plot. Mm -hmm. Because now we're seeing the threads of what our expectation is for the series as a whole. She's pure in her you know, ideals of wanting to be a superhero. Like She wants to be a superhero to help save the world, right? Yeah. And these are the bag of goons that she's surrounded with. <laughs> you have him who was, you know, his girlfriend was taken away from him, and then the organization, you know, the Vought organization, uh, wants to bury that story, give him his $45,000 of hush money, have him sign an NDA and shut up about it. Yeah. So I don't know if the, if the plot is about, you know, throwing out the uh, heroes in this, but it's certainly about reconciling the corruption within the seven. Yeah. Like she's, she's there to shed a starlight on it <laughs> and he's there to, man, you're full of puns today. <laughs> <laughs> and she's there and he's there to expose them. And it's funny to see him kind of fall into his, uh, his archetypical role where he's hanging with the rugged guy who's maybe a bad guy, maybe a mm -hmm. good guy. We don't really know yet. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, a vigilante of nothing else. Yeah, and he's saying, hey, like, so what's next? Like, what do we do next? Yeah. Uh, and like, I could work. Like, I'm ready to work. Like, let's, I could do tech stuff. 
He's like, I could be, you know, I could be the guy in your ear. Yeah. Like if you're Jack Bauer, I could be Chloe. Turn right. Go straight. <laughs> um, uh, shoot now. And I thought that's so funny because he is the tech guy. So he does have a unique skill set that mm-hmm. they're clearly setting up for. They've obviously foreshadowed that he has a role to play. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. So anyway, the plot that I feel like is coming between Compound V, that's one of the things we have to look out for. You got Starlight storyline where she's she wants to take deep, you know, the deep's head off uh, and kind of expo- and she's going to stay the course and she is just going to do the right thing basically. Yeah. And she's going to kind of he's going to get his comeuppance, not necessarily in vengeance, but in justice. Um, uh, what's his name is not really a Fed, so you got this storyline unfolding Billy with Billy Butcher. Uh, and Huey finally shows some balls and he's really going to be kind of on the war path for the, you know, the situation to be righted. That's the plot that I see going forward. Yeah. Um, one tiny piece is, um, when Huey was planting the bug, um, translucent was being a creep in the girl's bathroom, which yes. is apparently where like he does. small detail. Uh, Huey goes to the girl's bathroom by accident, seemingly. It doesn't see. I don't. I didn't read it as a unisex bathroom. So, you know, he's creeping out in the <laughs> in the girl's bathroom. Huey drops the bug, and um, translucent sees him and says, "What in the fuck was that about?" Follow. You know, tracks him back to the video store, and you know, he and Butcher part ways. Translucent confronts him, and he goes, "You know, who is in the car with you? Who's who's up to you or up up to this with you?" Uber driver. Yeah, he's like, it was just an Uber driver. <laughs> I don't know his name, which I thought was pretty good. Like, you know, he actually was being loyal, didn't yep. just, you know, squeal on. Yep. He was still feeling like we're a team, mm. even though he was ditched at the video store. Plus, who was he going to say? Uh, FBI guy, Billy Butcher. Like, he's he doesn't know he's not FBI at this point. So, though he probably thinks he's in capable hands still as he's getting oh, attacked by true. Translucent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so he starts getting tr- attacked by Translucent. And it's funny because... Billy rams through his car, you know, rams his car Drives through, through the, the storefront. Absolutely. And, and an invisible man, a translucent man, he's not really invisible. You see he's got a carbon <laughs> alloy that his skin's made out of, and it bends the light and creates the illusion that he's invisible. Um, Thank you for the exposition. I learned that on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, so, so he drives through, and you see kind of the fort, like an invisible cannonball pummel through the store, which is translucent because mm-hmm. he hit him and he knocks down all the various uh, shelves and the various aisles and like hits the back of the store, which is super cool. Oh, and yeah. he's naked. Can we talk about how every time he becomes non-translucent? Because he can't make his clothes non-translucent. Absolutely. And so you have to be is, naked just going out and about. Yeah, since this is a real world take on superheroes, somebody says, you got to be naked though, right? So every Jimmy time Collins you see it. him, yeah, every time you see him. <laughs> <laughs> there he is just naked guys standing there with his wiener hanging out oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and it was really great so you know billy butcher starts beating up on translucent they're at it and uh, you know Huey's not much of a fighting man so he starts kind of scrambling off to the back room as he's told yes he's not running he's told you got to get out of here yeah buddy. and uh butcher spits his blood onto translucent so he could kind of get a feel for the shape there of the guy <laughs> yeah and he spits on his hands so he can grab his hands and bend them back and then you know huey's behind him seeing like oh like you're doing well but you're still kind of losing man you're losing the fight um so he grabs a cable you know 
has it ready to go and it doesn't reach. And so he's kind of reaching and then Butcher kind of sees what it, where his head's at, kind of gives Translucent a kick as he's, as Translucent's looking back at Huey. Yeah. And he gets electrocuted and he's like, how did you, you know, Butcher goes, how did you know that was going to work? Oh, I watched it on Fallow and he's, you know, made of carbon. He's highly conductive. Highly conductive. Which <laughs> is the throwback to the time earlier where he gives way too much information to the girl about, oh, that's a really good conductor for the material that you want to use for... Yes, blah, 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 blah. you're right. The jargon. Oh, yeah, I didn't connect it back to the the jargon. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little more expensive, but you know it's carbon based, <laughs> a, a much better conductor of of electricity. Yeah. She goes, okay, I'll buy that one. Thank you. <laughs> well done. See, you said you didn't understand it, but you you followed along quite well. I'm a trekkie. Oh, you I, know. I hear techno babble, and it's like, ah, good. We're throwing some <laughs> some sci-fi smarts into this. One quick thing. It's just a little quote that's kind of out of order here now. But um, I really enjoyed something that really spoke to Huey's character where he gets dropped off at the video store and he goes, ever see an asshole tear up 45K? It hurt me to watch it because I was like, man, you could still have him pay for it even though you're having him pay yeah. for it. But, you know, it, it definitely was money. a yeah, it was a matter of character, um, which Principle. I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Nope, I'm not going to get paid off. Like I did, I, like he took the money to expose them, mm-hmm. and he was clear about not wanting to accept that money. Which is a bummer because his dad specifically said, "Like, hey, we could we could use that." Well, I I didn't get the sense that his dad's a really respectable guy. So, <laughs> not that he's a bad guy, but he <laughs> oh, was just sure. a ween. He's a he's a uh, what's the word? He's a somebody who makes something okay that's not okay. He's an enabler. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he's. He was content to take, just take the money. Don't we want the money? Don't like, yeah, sorry about your dead girlfriend. Sorry about the gross injustice that just occurred. But just kind of get over that and let's take the money. Absolutely. Uh, we Let's go back real quick uh, to something that we already know is the case. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the characters, would you give a, a pass? Absolutely a pass. I feel like I get a pretty good feel for everyone. Um, you don't know quite whether... Butcher is good or bad, but you at least know that he's after getting some sort of a just, you know, some sort of justice from the soups. I'm in l- a little bit in love with Starlight mm-hmm. at the end of this. Also at the beginning, also the very first time I see her. A um, little bit in love with Starlight. <laughs> <laughs> and Huey is such a goober. There's some goobery moment that he has right at the beginning. It's like, oh, that was funny. And he plays that sort of. I wrote down somewhere that he's he's an every man in a world of superheroes. Yeah. So I think we kind of make him we kind of make him over the top uh wimpy because we need to we need to show there's that juxtaposition of him in this world of superheroes. Absolutely. Right? So that he is a pushover from the beginning. Yeah. And in in a world of superheroes, like what does it mean to be a pushover? Like it's it's a little bit it's a little bit overkill to convey who he is, but he plays it really well. The actor plays it really well. He's totally hilarious. Uh, he's very he's got a he's got a wit and charm about him that you just like instantly. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, once he's kind of called to action, you're rooting for him because you saw what he saw, and it was horrific. So you are rooting for him right away. He's got that daydream where the lawyer comes to his house saying, "Here's your hush money. Take it and shut up." Uh, and he's you know, he has the daydream where he explodes at this guy. Like, nobody's just told me sorry. Oh, you send your regrets. Oh, this is all so unfortunate. Reaches across the table and grabs him by the lapels and pulls him over to beat That's him what up. you want. That's what you want to see happen. And then cut to him having his little hyperventilation, <laughs> which he happens to do every single time things get rough. 
so he's even though it's a little bit you know stark what a wimpy is he overcomes that pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and you're really rooting for him and he plays it really well so you like the character you like the actor and i guess by the end of this knowing who our heroes definitely are which is him and starlight Mm -hmm. i really really like him like i really want to like i really want to see them win here i really want to see them form a kind of an alliance that's probably not going to be out in the open in the first season yeah um and then you got Billy Butcher in there, who's an you know antagonizer of the <laughs> plot, which is awesome. You got the the heroes that are going to be complex. I mean, the show, the superheroes. You're saying the seven. yeah, the super yeah, the superheroes who are complex. That I wouldn't d- define most of them as an actual hero. No, as no, we no. Get to. Specifically, I meant the superheroes. <laughs> yeah. um, Homelander, who we don't know much about. We got to talk about the very final scene, which yeah, we'll our get hook. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen. Maeve, Maeve, I get the sense that she's going to be a pretty compelling and deep character. Mm -hmm. You have the deep, who I get the sense is going to be a pretty shallow and not deep character. Surprisingly, there's a good backstory to him. Interesting. Oh, um, good. I'm excited. There's a reason he is the way he is, and it's not just because he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. I have to say, something I really appreciated about this series is they were all really complex, even if they're totally shitty people. Like, you actually kind of understand where they're coming from. They're well-rounded the worst of them. The worst of them, yeah. absolutely. And it's not to say that I condone his behavior because in no way do I, and I absolutely want him to get his comeuppance, but, um, you know, they at least kind of humanize their characters a bit. Yeah. So, you know, it, like we said, peak television, your bad guys have kind of more Your bad guys to them. are good, too. Yeah. Not good guys, but they're good. Yeah. Like everything's really good. Absolutely. So I just want to know more about everybody. Uh, Elizabeth Shue, who we really quickly... Glossed, uh, over. glossed over but deserves at least acknowledgement yeah, for her having character is been madeline stillwell mm-hmm. uh, and we mentioned that she's the ceo of mm-hmm. of vought industries yes international vought international um and so you know it's it's elizabeth shoe so mm-hmm. she's a she's been a celebrity her whole life in her own right and we're gonna get more of her so if there's a true villain in here anywhere, I would say it's probably her. Yeah, the Re- evil corporation, yeah, always. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and regardless of how complex her character might become, she's the puppet master. She's the one pulling the strings. Like she's the, the devious one. Anyway, by the end of this, I just I just want to know more about everybody. Absolutely. And I'm com- like the like like you said, the least likable characters I want more of. Um, Definitely. So yeah, hard hard uh, pass pass meaning successful mm-hmm. uh on the on the character introductions okay and we've mostly covered plots while we're talking about it as well we covered so. plot and let's just be clear we think that the plot is that's that's starting to unspool uh obviously also get the pass hard success yeah hard uh, success which leads to the what, hook what i would say actually you know what we talk about the hook is usually the last scene I don't know that the thing that was the biggest hook to me was the last scene, necessarily. I would say it's the last three. I had three bullet points for the hook. So for me, the hook was Huey kills Translucent. So he's our good guy, right? And all of a sudden, he's killed. He's killed somebody. Um, And then you get the reveal that Butcher is not a fed, so he can't just save (laughs) their asses. So it's like, hey, help help me throw him in the trunk. So yeah, you get your good guy who becomes criminal. Um, You know, he's a true vigilante now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, the final scene is that 
Homelander is not the saint that he says he is. You know, he goes and blows a hole in the mayor's plane, the mayor of Baltimore, who is blackmailing Vought International to try to get a lower bid for, um, you know, the having a superhero. Whose name we can't remember. Starts Something with an N, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I just don't remember. Nubly. Yeah. <laughs> Nubly. Maybe it's Nubly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There, there was a cool scene where, where uh, Elizabeth Shue's character is mm-hmm. meeting with the mayor of Baltimore where they're, where they're negotiating. And yeah. he says, you're going to do this for $200 because I know about Compound V. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, be, prior to that, she's saying, here's why you need a hero. And it's going to cost you $300 mm-hmm. million. Dollars. And she go- shows him on the screen. And I, he seemed like, I think he was Middle Eastern. I think the mayor was Middle Eastern, and she says he's the right demographic for your constituency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Caucasians like him, too. He's got a 59% approval rating. I thought it was cool to see how political it was, to mm-hmm. see how how PR it was, like how true to life something like that would be. Absolutely, that it's a business. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I thought that was a cool, I thought that was a, a cool layer that they put down in this world. Yeah, it was a nice take on the superhero. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, anyway, Homelander, who we understand to be really pretty, like an actually stand-up guy, yeah, is the one who laser eyes the plane and kills the mayor and his eight-year-old kid. By the oh, way, oh yeah, his kid, his kid's super excited. He's like, "Oh, isn't he? Isn't he your friend? Isn't that your friend, Dad?" And you know, all of a sudden, you get in the reflection of the. Um, you know, the window, you see laser eyes and all of a sudden, you know, this plane is completely cut in half and it crashes, yep. um, which is crazy because, you know, the mayor and the um, and CEO had already come to like an agreement on 230 million, I think. Mm-hmm. So kind of had made up with the difference, but still plane went down. And Homelander hovers in the sky uh, and watches the plane go down mm-hmm. and looks upon it with confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think, okay, even the incorruptible good guy Absolutely. leader of the seven even he's just doing vots bidding so everybody's bought and paid for him yeah i think even starlight was like oh no it was butcher he's like ah he's jesus or something like that uh no that was um was it starlight? starlight when she's saying to the deep when he was like yeah but you, i bet you wanted to fuck him not me and she's oh, like yeah. no actually i had kind of a crush on you like don't be yeah. weird about it but i totally had a crush on you hope it's not inappropriate and, yeah and uh homelander you know funny thing like if that guy had any game she already liked him mm-hmm. like he could have just been like charming and nice to her and absolutely closed that and kept her around anyway um homelander was he was a little bit like jesus like he was kind of he was yeah. kind of too perfect kind of unattainable but deep was the guy the deep was the one she connected with um so yeah that was her that said he was like jesus so thank we, you i couldn't i was grasping for who that was <laughs> <laughs> and we actually get the sense from everybody just telling us no he's really one of the good ones you really can't get anything on him mm-hmm. then i'm seeing this and it's like oh he's just running the best business of all of them because he doesn't go to the uh to the club where there's severe nudity he doesn't do things that are going to expose him because he's a murderer mm-hmm. just like all the rest of them absolutely and end of episode so while that was to me, that that scene was just the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Like the the storyline that I really want to come back for. Ah, I love Huey. Like I want more Huey too. I mm-hmm. want to see where that goes. I love how Huey. I feel like is and uh, Carl Carl Urban are. I know Billy, Billy Butcher, Butcher. <laughs> is uh, being set up as the villains in the in the hit superhero mm-hmm. uh, dynamic. Like you have the superheroes and you have these guys undermining them who you know take take a step 
back, they would appear to be the villains Mm -hmm. who are undermining the superheroes. But since this is a complex storyline and the era of peak TV, the superheroes are corrupt celebrities. And these guys are the common folk. We don't know about Billy Butcher yet. But these guys are the common folk that are getting fucked by by these corrupt uh, people. And I want more of that. And I really want more of when Starlight sits down. She comes to the meeting and this is where she meets Homelander for the first time. He says, don't be late on your first day now, Starlight. I had a welcome speech all ready to go that we're going to have to skip over now because we've already started the meeting. And she's going to sit down and and uh, the Deep says, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure you've got a lot of pressure right now. This must all be very hard to swallow. Oh, so cringy. Yeah, horrible. And she says, I don't know what she says, but she basically says, no, I'm here to stay. Yeah, I'm here to stay, and you're not going to rattle me. And mm-hmm. she gives him a look, and her eyes light up to show like I could kill you in an instant. And he finally kind of recoils, realizing, wait a second, I just made an enemy for life, and she's after me. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want more of that in particular. So, like, at that point, it's like, yeah, like, I want more. Like, let's come back. The show could have ended there, and I would have been like, oh, this is so good. And then you go on to show, no, this is going to be an even bigger like, this is um, corruption at a national level. Oh, absolutely. Every every level of it is corrupt. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Homelander, Jesus of <laughs> the Jesus of the soups. Um, to see that actually really, it was, it was the hook for me. Um, I know not so much for you, but the fact that even our, even at the top of it, the leader of the seven is corrupt. The CEO makes sense. It's a corporation, you know, yeah. like it's kind of like how hospitals are privatized. You know, you don't feel like the doctors and nurses are evil but like at the end of the day the people who are going to make you lose your house over paying <laughs> your doctor bill because they're not there to be good they're there to make money at the end of the day um it, i just i didn't expect it from homelander the first time i watched it through and then seeing him just be absolutely just the worst um it was hard i i was definitely interested in knowing more well i'm definitely interested in knowing more i didn't know enough about him to care about him like it oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't a betrayal it was a um what's the word subversion of expectations absolutely that's it that's the word subversion? um yes and subverted the yeah, thing I think is that's right. yeah no, it absolutely <laughs> is take take my validation it's correct <laughs> um no but he was kind of posed as like your captain america who's like you know cha- capital g good he's he's yeah. the best and so to see he is so not Captain America and mm. that Wonder Woman is so not Wonder Woman. Mm. You know what I mean? It's you're seeing that. Not, I mean, can you think of a single hoot superhero other than Starlight that was introduced to us that you have a good feeling about? Like, no, no, no. Yeah. No. You don't have the warm fuzzies for any of them. And so they're all kind of corrupt. So I, I, I wasn't betrayed mm-hmm. by him because we don't know him yet. Sure, yeah, we don't yeah. have a connection with him yet. And they're establishing here the guy that we've told you you can kind of trust mm-hmm. and that this organization may be at the at the the guy running it is is an you know, is an ideologue for goodness. Yeah, because he gives he starts the meeting with like, Who did we save this? Who week? did we like stop? We don't want to see Starlight we don't want Starlight to see us arguing about nickels and dimes as we're running our empires. We're heroes. We're mm-hmm. superheroes. How many people did we save this week? Ding. Absolutely. So everything's leading that way, and then we find out that's not true. But mm-hmm. my point isn't that that wasn't a hook. My sure. point is that I was already hooked. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I and that was just the cherry on top where I was like, damn, like, at, like this is going to be so good. I need to see more. Uh, so, so that final scene to me was a cherry on top because I was already hooked by our heroes just being good enough that I wanted to see the story. 
Absolutely. Continue. Um, so anyway, very clearly, this as a pilot uh, hit hard on all four categories. Excellent. For yeah. Yeah. For me as well, mm-hmm. which is why I binged the series in a week. <laughs> <laughs> It was one that I had started watching without Taylor. Um, and then he kind of came in on it and he's like, oh, what's this? And then I watched a couple more episodes without him. He's like, oh, so you're just watching this without me. I was like, I'm sorry. You said it was my show. We had an agreement. It was my show. He's like, okay, well, at least tell me what happened because I want to keep watching. <laughs> Catch up, buddy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you won't do that. This if train I've ain't slowing down for nobody. <laughs> no, I would be happy to rewatch those episodes, honestly. <laughs> Here's a line that I just came across in my notebook. Um, mm-hmm. as I was, uh, finding your name, assembling a signature collage, <laughs> <laughs> as you um, do. I'm always trying to make it perfect mm-hmm. and it never quite is. Look how different those two are. Yeah. Ah, so frustrating. He says to, <laughs> okay. So Billy Butcher says to Huey, you're going to infiltrate, like you're going to be an infiltrator. <laughs> and he said, my favorite musician is James Taylor. I am not an infiltrator. <laughs> Who's James Taylor? I didn't oh, hear he's that. um. You got a friend, and it' good to know you got a friend. Oh, okay. So we just—it's a very soft, folksy kind of yeah. guitar strumming, just pleasant white guy voice <laughs> strumming. Um, wait a second. I'm trying to think of how that song goes, and I keep coming up with. Toy Story. You yeah, got a friend to be. I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure that's not who you think it is. <laughs> no, it's that, and there's uh, yeah, the other huge James Taylor son. You've heard him a thousand times, but probably. But the point is, what he gravitates to are soft and gentle things. Like he's a he's yeah. a tender soul. Kind of. He does a lot of the classic rock too, though, because I noticed he had he wore a Nirvana T-shirt, he wore a Ramones T-shirt, and he's you know talking about Billy Joel is his lady is killed. Yeah. So he definitely is more into the older music influences, Mm -hmm. for sure. Soft dude. uh, Last look at notes here. Uh, I don't have any. Ooh, there was one Billy Butcher quote, if we're just throwing out random quotes really quick. Please do. I really liked um, when he first introduces himself to Huey, he says, I'm not going to piss you about. Like, I'm not going to waste your time. piss you about. not going to piss you about. I just thought it was an interesting turn of phrase, and I I was really tickled by it. (laughs) (laughs) I like when he says... um, he says, uh, you should fuck off, Huey. Meaning, <laughs> get out of here because I got to kill Translucent. Oh, right yeah, now. that's right. Yeah. You should fuck off, Huey. And then he goes after Translucent with the uh, crowbar and says, how, like, how you doing, Translucent? And takes a swing at him and misses him because he really has no idea where he's at. He just felt like he did. <laughs> and then gets his ass kicked for the next five minutes. Yes. Okay. So, do you know what the actual quote was? I'll, I'll set up the scene for you. When, um, Huey is questioning that he's a fed and he says something about you look like you came out of the matrix or something like porno, that. You're a porno. Yeah. You look like a, the porno like you're ver- from a porno version of the matrix. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you'd yeah. remember. That was so good. It killed me. <laughs> and then of course, you know, he later follows it up with the red pill, blue pill or yes, whatever. The and other we do the is. matrix illusion a second time. Yeah. It was, it was a nice like callback. Really gravitated toward that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. The matrix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so cool. How's it go again? Obviously, you take the red pill, dumbass. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's obvious. Well, I couldn't take remember. The blue pill. Okay, but it should have been obvious to him. Uh, like, even the porno version knows the color of the pill. So there was. <laughs> Dayquil or Nyquil? <laughs> <laughs> um, the 
Well, you say that now you're going to confuse people. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because the red is the day stuff, right? Uh-huh. Are you sure? Yeah. NyQuil is red. NyQuil, NyQuil is blue. NyQuil is blue. Okay. So so <laughs> the wake up medicine is red. Oh. Right? So I'm waking up from the matrix with my red bottle of NyQuil. Thank you. I will. All- you're hey. welcome. That's how the porno version would have done. Okay. Ni- that's DayQuil is day. Wake you up. NyQuil is blue. Right. Okay. And they take the red pill because they're going to wake up Neo. That's amazing. I'll remember it forever now. World. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, I the hope door you're code, not wrong. The door code, <laughs> I'm not. The door code for the bathroom is 159. A star. <laughs> <laughs> I waited last time and I was like, why isn't it going tick? Yeah. <laughs> and then I tried the pound. <laughs> I have a mnemonic for it now. It's diagonal. And then if you go to the men's, it's diagonal. Okay. Uh, there's another quote that I liked. Uh, let's. Ch- we're going to... We're going to change the tone of this conversation because this was a deep moment mm-hmm. where Huey was talking about Robin. This was the park bench scene. He's sitting yeah. down with Annie. And he says uh, that he and Robin went ice skating and he was terrified. He doesn't even say Robin specifically, which I thought was interesting. He said some girl I used to know. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I, oh. I put in parentheses, so probably Robin. Talking to this beautiful blonde who he's in love with clearly at w- first sight and he's like never mind i'm okay yeah some girl i used to know no she was yeah. my girlfriend um now you're just says, somebody that i used to know <laughs> he says somebody <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> he and i went ice skating and he was just terrified couldn't get off the pole and he said he says and she wasn't good <laughs> he said she fell a lot but she was never afraid mm-hmm. and she had said to him well just because you fall on your ass doesn't mean you need to you got to stay there Yep, I wrote down that one as well. It was good. so good. Like it was. That was their call to action. That was what made him turn around and decide totally. to do- join Butcher, and mm-hmm. that's what her- made her turn around and you know, fuck you, deep. I'm after you. Yeah, because the next time we see both of them mm-hmm. is the lies uh, eyes flaring up. Fuck you, deep. And mm-hmm. the next time we see him, he's going to Billy Butcher saying, "All right, I'm in. I'm in. Let's yep. do it." And it's cool because Robin was uh, such a... Do we see her again in flashbacks or anything? Or is Mm-mm, this it? I don't think so. I'm glad we don't because it makes the death more final. Final. Absolutely. And yet she was... The actress was really cool. Like, I really liked her. The oh, yeah. The girl we got introduced she to, I thought she was... Yeah, she was really cool. And, uh, like, hope to see her again because I thought she was talented. I thought she nailed it in that part. You but, see her again. I don't think you hear her again. Okay. Well, he just kind of, you know, I guess I can probably spoil this that he you can you've seen that he has like this very um, anxiety, like this weird like he hears this high pitch all of a sudden when he has anything to do with a train like he just gets this weird high pitch sound. Um, zones out when he goes through his zone yeah out and so it kind of eventually like, like starts to see robin when he does that occasionally okay uh she she obviously does not come back it's not a flashback she's not actually a part of the plot in any other way right. that then to remind you that she is what motivates him to become a vigilante it reminds me of walter mitty in his zone outs did you see walter mitty Mm-mm. the secret world of walter mitty i think it's called no is it good should so i watch good. it it's really good it's a remake I, i'm not familiar with the original but it's ben stiller Ooh. Who I've never really cared for. I is just it a never TV show or a that movie? Fun. That it's sounds a movie. like a movie. No, it's a movie. Uh, mm. <laughs> I never just you know you'll you'll watch movies occasionally in your life and it's at true. some point make room for this. This I watched last time I saw it. I was sick. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on a sick day and it really has a feel good sense about it. Ooh, that's and we a go to do all it. across the world. It's like just a beautifully shot movie, and it's directed by Ben Stiller. And I gotta say, to his credit, uh, 
he is really a fine talent. I didn't know that. I always thought he was kind of a subpar comedian that I just never thought was that funny. He's kind of a goober as well. Yeah, Yeah, I just was never that interested in Ben Stiller. And Mm -hmm. when I realized um, that he's really, really a talented, you know, filmmaker and actor, Mm -hmm. and he got this, you know, he seems that he crafted this really cool role for himself, and it was an excellent movie. But he's kind of this meek character that goes through this really um, significant character arc. And just you end up really liking the guy that he becomes. And uh, and that was kind of, you know, I'm looking at Huey thinking of moments like he's do, does the zone out because mm-hmm. he can't like keep he, he can't stick up for himself. So we just kind of daydreams about, you know, how he would have stood up for himself. Yeah. So I guess the point is that it's very much the Walter Mitty thing and we've seen it before. But it's. um I don't know. It's just really good because they, they craft these really well imagined and well, well, these well crafted daydreams that you see them in Mm -hmm. that really tells you a lot about the character. You kind of grieve for them. You struggle through this with them. Yeah. That it becomes a traumatic experience for us as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that you see how you'd like to handle it, but he's, he's a pushover. He and his dad are pushovers. So instead he just, no, I I probably won't sign that, you know, see ya. Yeah. Reaching for anything we got to discuss before we let our cards. millions of listeners <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> or start their day if you're listening to this on your way to work. Well, I don't see any people. Watch traffic. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> look, we have listeners all around the world, which means we have listeners in every time zone because there are millions and millions of people listening. Well, and this isn't a live broadcast so they can listen to it whenever they feel whenever like Whenever they want. So how about <laughs> some plugs for pilots? <laughs> you always do this to me. All right. Well, so. I'm not good at it. I do I take the intro, man. <laughs> That's true, and I really as you said, bungle the intro. Every time <laughs> I said that, yeah. Oh, was, that's was mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was apt. It was very apt. Um, <laughs> I did not take it to be mean. I just, I, I really struggle with it. Um, yeah. So if you want to follow us on um, Facebook, it's Pilots the Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Pilots the Pod. If you'd like to send us some hate mail, we're still waiting for it. And uh, honestly, if you wanted to ask a question that we would be happy to answer on the podcast, um, it's pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and then for our website and all the ways that you can subscribe, pilotsthepodcast.com. Sweet. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get to everywhere through pilotsthepodcast.com. Absolutely. It has our, yeah. It and has that's. All of our social media it has all of our subscribe links. You can even see the schedule. Ooh. Send us an email f- straight from there. Yeah, if you want to know what your homework is for next week, <laughs> that's <laughs> where you'll find it. Milestones for next week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pilotsthepodcast.com. Indeed. Oh, wow, you say I- you're bad at plugs. Look at that. <laughs> you did it better well, than I did. I don't have the headset on that you have. <laughs> that's pilotsthepodcast.com. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you need you a headset. This would be way more official. Any interest in. <laughs> really finding out any more about our thing go to pilots the podcast.com <laughs> thank you Riker I appreciate that <laughs> um, I'm Riker I'm Shmi and this is pilots pilots